are listening to the most original talk radio station anywhere. We are L.A. Talk Radio at latalkradio.com. You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey is just beginning. You are now entering the Sapphire Planet. The Sapphire Planet. In addition to isolated stars, a multiple star system can consist of two or more gravitationally bound stars that orbit each other. The simplest and most common multi-star system is a binary star. But systems of three or more stars are also found. For reasons of orbital stability, such multi-star systems are often organized into hierarchical sets of binary stars. Larger groups called star clusters also exist. These range from loose stellar associations with only a few stars up to enormous globular clusters with hundreds of thousands of stars. It has been a long-held assumption that the majority of stars occurring in gravitationally bound multiple star systems. This is particularly true for very massive O and B class stars where 80% of the stars are believed to be part of a multiple star systems. However, the proportion of single star systems increases for smaller stars so that only 25% of red dwarfs are known to have stellar companions. As 85% of all stars are red dwarfs, 
most stars in the Milky Way are likely single from birth. Stars are not spread uniformly across the universe, but are normally grouped into galaxies along with interstellar gas and dust. A typical galaxy contains hundreds of billions of stars, and there are more than 100 billion galaxies in the observable universe. A 2010 star count estimate was 300 sextillion stars, or 3 times 10 to the 23rd power in the observable universe. While it is often believed that stars only exist within galaxies, intergalactic stars have been discovered. The nearest star to the Earth, apart from the Sun, is Proxima Centauri, which is 39.9 trillion kilometers, or 4.2 light-years away. Traveling at the orbital speed of the space shuttle, which is 8 kilometers per second, or about 30,000 kilometers per hour, it would take about 100 and 50,000 years to get there. Distances like this are typical inside galactic disks, including in the vicinity of our solar system. Stars can be much closer to each other in the centers of galaxies and in globular clusters, or much further apart in galactic halos. Due to the relatively vast distance between stars outside the galactic nucleus, collisions between stars are thought to be rare. In the denser regions, such as the core of globular clusters or the galactic center, collisions can be more common. Such collisions can produce what are known as blue stragglers. These abnormal stars have a higher surface temperature than the other main sequence stars with the same luminosity in the cluster. Almost everything about a star is determined by its initial mass, including essential characteristics such as luminosity and size, as well as its evolution, lifespan, and eventual fate. Most stars are between 1 billion and 10 billion years old. Some stars may even be close to being 
13.8 billion years old. The observed age of the universe. The oldest star yet discovered, HE 1523-0901, is estimated at 13.2 billion years old. The more massive the star, the shorter its lifespan, primarily because massive stars have greater pressure on their cores, causing them to burn hydrogen more rapidly. The most massive stars last an average of a few million years, while stars of minimum mass, such as red dwarfs, burn their fuel very slowly and last tens to hundreds of billions of years. From a chemist's point of view, the surface or interior of a star is boring. There are no molecules there. When stars form in the present Milky Way galaxy, they are composed of about 71% hydrogen and 27% helium, as measured by mass, with a small fraction of heavier elements. Typically, the portion of heavy elements is measured in the terms of iron content in the stellar atmosphere, as iron is a common element and its absorption lines are relatively easy to measure. Because the molecular clouds where stars form are steadily enriched by heavier elements, a measurement of the chemical composition of a star can be used to infer its age. The portion of heavier elements may also be an indicator of the likelihood that the star has a planetary system. The star with the lowest iron content ever measured is the dwarf HE 1327-2326 with only one two hundred thousandth the iron content of our sun. By contrast, the super metal rich star Microleonis has nearly double the abundance of iron as the sun while the planet-bearing star 14 Hercules has nearly tripled the iron. There also exist chemically peculiar stars that show unusual abundance of certain elements in their spectrums, especially chromium and rare earth elements. Due to their great distance from the Earth, all stars except the Sun appear to the unaided eye as shining points in the night sky that twinkle 
because of the effect of the Earth's atmosphere. The Sun is also a star, but is close enough to the Earth to appear as a disk instead and to provide daylight. Other than the Sun, the star with the largest apparent size is R. Doradus, with an angular diameter of only 0.057 arc seconds. The disks of most stars are much too small in angular size to be observed with current ground-based optical telescopes. And so inferometer telescopes are required to produce images of these objects. Another technique for measuring the angle size of stars is through occultation. By precisely measuring the drop in brightness of a star as is occulted by the moon, or the rise in brightness when it reappears, the star's angular diameter can be computed. Stars range in size from neutron stars, which vary anywhere from 20 to 40 kilometers across in diameter, to supergiants like Betelgeuse in the Orion constellation, which has a diameter of approximately 650 times that of the Sun. About 900 million kilometers or 560 million miles. Betelgeuse, however, has a much lower density than our sun. The motion of a star relative to the sun can provide useful information about the origin and age of a star, as well as the structure and evolution of the surrounding galaxy. The components of motion of a star consist of the radial velocity toward or away from the sun and the transverse angular movement, which is called its proper motion. Radial velocity is measured by the Doppler shift of the star's spectral lines and is given in units of kilometers per second. The proper motion of a star is determined by precise astrometric measurements in units of milliarc seconds per year. By determining the parallax of a star, the proper motion can then be converted into units of velocity. Stars with high rates of proper motion are likely to be relatively close to the sun, making them good candidates for parallax measurements. Once both rates of movements are known, the space velocity of the star relative to the sun or the galaxy can be computed. Among nearby stars, it has been found that younger population one stars have generally lower velocities than older population two stars. The latter have elliptical orbits that are inclined to the plane of the galaxy. 
a comparison of the chromatics of nearby stars has also led to the identification of stellar associations. These are most likely groups of stars that share a common point of origin in giant molecular clouds. The magnetic field of a star is generated within regions of the interior where convective circular occurs. This movement of conductive plasma functions like a dynamo, generating magnetic fields that extend throughout the star. The strength of the magnetic field varies with the mass and composition of the star and the amount of magnetic surface activity depends upon the star's rate of rotation. This surface activity produces star spots, which are regions of strong magnetic fields and lower than normal surface temperatures. Coronal loops are arching magnetic fields that reach out into the corona from active regions. Stellar flares are bursts of high-energy particles that are emitted due to the same magnetic activity. Young, rapidly rotating stars tend to have high levels of surface activity because of their magnetic field. The magnetic field can act upon a star's stellar wind, functioning as a brake to gradually slow the rate of rotation with time. Thus, older stars such as the Sun have a much slower rate of rotation and a lower level of surface activity. The activity levels of slowly rotating stars tend to vary in cyclical manner and can shut down altogether for periods of time. During the Modner minimum, for example, our sun underwent a 70-year period with almost no sunspot activity. One of the most massive stars known is Eta Carinae, which, with 100 to 150 times as much mass as the sun, will have a lifespan of only several million years. A study of the Arches Cluster suggests that 150 solar masses is the upper limit for stars in the current era of the universe. The reason for this limit is not precisely known, but is particularly due to the editing luminosity, which defies the maximum amount of luminosity that can pass through the atmosphere of a star without ejecting the gases into space. However, a star named R136A1 in the Large Magellanic Cloud 
RMC-136A, star clusters, has been measured at 265 solar masses, which puts this limit into question. A study determined that stars larger than 150 solar masses in R136 were created through the collision and merger of massive stars in close binary systems, providing a way to sidestep the 150 solar mass limit. The first stars to form after the Big Bang may have been larger up to 300 solar masses or more due to the complete absence of elements heavier than lithium in their composition. This generation of supermassive Population 3 stars is long extinct and currently only theoretical. With a mass of only 93 times that of Jupiter, AB Doradus C, a companion to AB Doradus A, is the smallest known star undergoing nuclear fission in its car. For stars with similar metallicity of the Sun, the theoretical minimum mass the star can have and still undergo fusion at the core is estimated to be about 75 times the mass of Jupiter. When the metallicity is very low, however, a recent study of the faintest stars found that the minimum star size seems to be about 8.3% of the solar mass, or about 87 times the mass of Jupiter. Smaller bodies are called brown dwarfs, which occupy a poorly defined gray area between stars, and gas giants. The combination of the radius and the mass of a star determines the surface gravity. Giant stars have a much lower surface gravity than main-sequence stars, while the opposite is the case for degenerate compact stars, such as white dwarfs. The surface gravity can influence the appearance of a star spectrum, with higher gravity causing a broadening of the absorption lines. The rotation rate of stars can be determined through the spectroscopic measurement, or more exactly, determined by tracking the rotation rate of star spots. Young stars can have a rapid rate of rotation greater than 100 kilometers per second at the equator, The B-class star, Arknar, for example, has an equatorial rotation velocity of about 225 kilometers per second or greater, causing its equator to be slung outward and giving it an equatorial diameter that is more than 50% larger than the distance 
between the two poles. This rate of rotation is just below the critical velocity of 300 kilometers per second, where the star would break apart. By contrast, the Sun only rotates once every 25 to 35 days, with an equatorial velocity of 1.9 kilometers per second. The star's magnetic field and the stellar wind serve to slow a main-sequence star's rate of rotation by a significant amount as it evolves on the main sequence. Degenerate stars have contracted into compact masses, resulting in rapid rates of rotation. However, they have relatively low rates of rotation compared to what would be expected by conservation of angular momentum, the tendency of a rotating body to compensate for a contraction in size by increasing its rate of spin. Think of a figure skater. A larger portion of the star's angular momentum is dissipated as a result of mass loss through the stellar wind. In spite of this, the rate of rotation for a pulsar can be very rapid. The pulsar at the heart of the Crab Nebula, for example, rotates 30 times per second. The rotation rate of the pulsar will gradually slow down due to the emission of radiation. Temperature. The surface temperature of a main sequence star is determined by the rate of energy production at the core and by its radius and is often estimated from the star's color index. The temperature is normally given as the effective temperature which is the temperature of an idealized black body that radiates its energy at the same luminosity per surface area as the star. Note that the effective temperature is only a representative value as the temperature increases towards the core. The temperature in the core region of a star is several million kelvins. The stellar temperature will determine the rate of ionization of various elements, resulting in characteristic absorption lines in the spectrum. The surface temperature of a star, along with its visual absolute magnitude and absorption features, is used to classify a star. Massive, main-sequence stars can have surface temperatures of up to 50,000 degrees Kelvin. Smaller stars, such as our Sun, have surface temperature of a few thousand Kelvin. Red giants have relatively low surface temperatures of about 3,600 Kelvin, but they also have high luminosity 
due to their large exterior surface area. The energy produced by stars as a product of nuclear fusion radiates into space as both electromagnetic radiation and particle radiation. The particle radiation emitted by a star is manifested as the stellar wind, which streams from the outer layers as free protons and electrically charged alpha and beta particles. Although almost massless, there also exists a steady stream of neutrinos emanating from the star's core. The production of energy at the core is the reason stars shine so brightly. Every time two or more atomic nuclei fuse together to form a singular atomic nucleus of a new heavier element, gamma-ray photons are released from the nuclear fusion product. This energy is converted to other forms of electromagnetic energy of lower frequency, such as visible light by the time it reaches the star's outer layer. The color of a star, as determined by the most intense frequencies of the visible light, depends on the temperature of the star's outer layers, including its photosphere. Besides visible light, stars also emit forms of electromagnetic radiation that are invisible to the human eye. In fact, stellar electromagnetic radiation spans the entire electromagnetic spectrum, from the longest wavelength of radio waves through infrared, visible light, ultraviolet, to the shortest of X-rays and gamma rays. From the standpoint of total energy emitted by a star, not all components of stellar electromagnetic radiation are significant, but all frequencies provide insight into the star's physics. Using the stellar spectrum, astronomers can also determine the surface temperature surface gravity, metallicity, and rotational velocity of a star. If the distance of the star is known, such as by measuring the parallax, then the luminosity of the star can be derived. The mass radius, surface gravity, and rotation period can then be estimated based on stellar models mass can be calculated for stars in binary systems by measuring their orbital velocities and distances. Gravitational microlensing has been used to measure the mass of a single star. With these parameters, astronomers can also estimate the age of the star. The luminosity of a star is the amount of light and other forms of radiant energy it radiates per unit of time. It has units of power. The luminosity of a star is determined by the radius and the surface temperature. However, many stars do not radiate in a uniform flux 
across the entire surface. The rapidly rotating star Vega, for example, has a higher energy flux at its poles than along its equator. Surface patches with lower temperatures and luminosities than average are known as star spots. Small dwarf stars, such as our Sun, generally have essentially featureless disks with only small sparse star spots. Large giant stars have much larger, more obvious star spots, and they also exhibit strong stellar limb darkening. That is, the brightness decreases towards the edge of the stellar disk. Red dwarf flare stars such as UV SETI may also possess prominent star spot features. The apparent brightness of a star is expressed in terms of apparent magnitude, which is the brightness of a star and its function of the star's luminosity, distance from Earth, and altering of the star's light as it passes through the Earth's atmosphere. Intrinsic or absolute magnitude is directly related to a star's luminosity and is what the apparent magnitude of a star would be if the distance between the Earth and the stars were 10 parsecs or 32.6 light years away. Both the apparent and absolute magnitude scales are logarithmic units. One whole number differences in magnitude is equal to a brightness variation of about two and a half times. This means that a first magnitude star is about two and a half times brighter than a second magnitude star, and approximately a hundred times brighter than a sixth magnitude star. The faintest stars visible to the naked eye, under good seeing conditions, are about, are about a magnitude plus six. On both apparent and absolute magnitude scales, the smaller the magnitude number, the brighter the star. The larger the magnitude number, the fainter. The brightest stars on either scale have negative magnitude numbers. The variation in brightness between two stars is calculated by subtracting the magnitude number of the brightest star from the magnitude number of the fainter star, then using the difference as an exponent for the base number. Relative both luminosity and distance from Earth, a star's absolute magnitude and apparent magnitude are not equivalent. For example, the bright star Sirius has an apparent magnitude of minus 1.44, but it has an absolute magnitude of positive 1.41. The Sun has an apparent magnitude of minus 26.7, but its absolute magnitude is only positive 
4.83. Sirius is the brightest star in the night sky as seen from Earth, is approximately 23 times more luminous than the Sun, while Canopus, the second brightest star in the night sky, with an absolute magnitude of minus 5.53, is approximately 14,000 times more luminous than our Sun. Despite Canopus being vastly more luminous than Sirius, however, Sirius appears brighter than Canopus. This is because Sirius is merely 8.6 light years away from Earth, while Canopus is much further away at a distance of 310 light years. As of 200. 2006, the star with the highest known absolute magnitude is LBV 1806-20, with a magnitude of negative 14.2. This star is at least 5 million times more luminous than our Sun. The least luminous stars that are currently known are located in the NGC 6397 cluster. The faintest red dwarfs in the cluster were magnitude 26, while a 28th magnitude white dwarf was also discovered. These faint stars are so dim that their light is as bright as a birthday candle on the moon when viewed from the Earth. The current stellar classification system originated in the early 20th century when stars were classified from A to Q based on the strength of the hydrogen line. It was not known at the time that the major influence on the line strength was temperature. The hydrogen line strength reached a peak of over 9,000 Kelvin and is weaker at both hotter and cooler temperatures. When the classifications were reordered by temperature, it more closely resembled the modern scheme. Stars are given a single-letter classification according to their spectra, ranging from type O, which are very hot, to M, which are so cool that molecules may form in their atmosphere. The main classification in order of decreasing surface temperature are as follows. O, B, A, F, G, K, and M. A variety of rare spectral types have special classifications. The most common of these are type L and T, which classify the coldest low-mass stars and brown dwarfs. Each letter has 10 subdivisions numbered from 0 to 9 in order of decreasing temperature. However, this system breaks down at extreme high temperatures. Class 00 and 01 stars may not exist.
In addition, stars may be classified by the luminosity effects found in their spectral lines, which corresponds to their spatial size and is determined by surface gravity. These range from zero hypergiants through three giants to five main sequence dwarfs. Some scientists add seven white dwarfs. Most stars belong to the main sequence, which consists of ordinary hydrogen-burning stars. These fall along a narrow diagonal band when graphed according to their absolute magnitude and spectral type. The Sun is a main sequence G2V yellow dwarf of intermediate temperature and ordinary size. Additional nomenclature in the form of lowercase letters can follow the spectral type to indicate peculiar features of the spectrum. For example, a lowercase e can indicate the presence of emission lines. A lowercase m represents unusually strong levels of metals. And lowercase var can mean variations in the spectral type. White dwarf stars have their own class that begins with the letter D. This is further subdivided into the classes DA, DB, DC, DO, DZ, and DQ, depending on the types of prominent lines found in the spectrum. This is followed by numerical values that indicate the temperature index. Variable stars have periodic random changes in luminosity because of intrinsic or extreme properties. Of the intrinsically variable stars, the primary type can be subdivided into three principal groups. During their stellar evolution, some stars pass through phases where they become pulsating variables. Pulsating variable stars vary in radius and luminosity over time, expanding and contracting with periods ranging from minutes to years, depending on the size of the star. This category includes CFID and CFID-like stars and long-period variables such as Mira. Eruptive variables are stars that experience sudden increases in luminosity because of flares or mass ejection events. This group includes protostars, Wolf-Ryat stars, and flare stars, as well as giants and supergiant stars. Cataclysmic or explosive variable stars are those that undergo a dramatic change in their properties. This group includes novae and supernovae, a binary star system that includes a nearby white dwarf can produce certain types of these spectacular stellar explosions, including the nova and type 1A supernova. The explosion 
is created when the wife dwarf accretes hydrogen from the companion star, building up mass until the hydrogen undergrows fusion. Some novae are also recurrent, having periodic outbursts of moderate amplitude. Stars can also vary in luminosity because of intrinsic factors, such as eclipsing binaries, as well as rotating stars that produce extreme hot star spots. A notable example of an eclipsing binary is Algol, which regularly varies in magnitude from 2.3 to 3.5 over a period of 2.87 days. The interior of a stable star in a state of hydrostatic equilibrium. The forces on any small volume almost exactly counterbalance each other. The balanced forces are inward gravitational forces and an outward force due to the pressure gradient within the star. The pressure gradient is established by the temperature gradient of the plasma. The outer part of the star is the cooler than the core. The temperature at the core of a main sequence or giant star is at least on the order of 10 to the 7th Kelvin. The resulting temperature and pressure at the hydrogen-burning core of a main sequence stars are sufficient for nuclear fusion to occur and for sufficient energy to be produced to prevent further collapse of the star. As atomic nuclei are fused in the core, they emit energy in the form of gamma rays. These photons interact with the surrounding plasma, adding to the thermal energy at the core. Stars on the main sequence convert hydrogen into helium, creating a slowly but steadily increasing proportion of helium at the core. Eventually, the helium content becomes predominant and the energy production ceases at the core. Instead, for stars of more than 0.4 solar masses, fusion occurs in a slowly expanding shell around the degenerate helium core. In addition to hydrostatic equilibrium, the interior of a stable star will also maintain an energy balance of thermal equilibrium. There is a radial temperature gradient throughout the interior that results in a flux of energy flowing towards the interior. The outgoing flux of energy, leaving any layer within the star, will exactly match the incoming flux from below. The proportion of a star that is visible to the observer is called the photosphere. This is at the layer which the plasma of the star becomes transparent to photons of light. From here, the energy generated at the core becomes free to propagate out into space. It is within the photosphere that sunspots or regions of lower than average a temperature appear. 
your journey is now ending. You are now leaving the Sapphire Planet. Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet. Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.